When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Julian Nagelsmann is stupid. TFC versus the Montreal Impact Sunday night. Hockey Canada interim chair Andrea Skinner defends supporting Scott Smith. Serena Williams retires from tennis, and I'm ready for some Patriots football. You know, the NFL had the chance to do the right thing. I believe that the NFL was going to be on the right side of history for the first time ever. Unfortunately, the NFL did what the NFL does. The impact that they've had on Toronto FC, it, it's undeniable. I understand that you have to defend your quarterback. I understand that you just can't come out and, you know, say, well, you know, we don't want Deshaun anyways. I understand. I get it. I have to do this because I have to appreciate it. Yes, we're back. What's going on, everybody? This is Ray Rout. Welcome to Ray Sports Rants, a podcast where I just rant like crazy. So as you heard from the intro today, I'm going to be talking about why I'm so upset with Julian Nagelsmann. Is Sunday night's game against Montreal do or die for Toronto FC? Why does Hockey Canada keep backing their terrible, terrible leadership? How special was Serena Williams? And uh, how pumped am I for the NFL season? And watching some New England Patriots football, guys, Ray Sports Rant is brought to you by the Dean Blundell Network at DeanBlundell.com. It's not brought to you by. It's a part of the Dean Blundell Network at DeanBlundell.com. Sitting in the sports director's chair, I am ready to have a good time. And uh, let's get this show started. So listen, I was watching the Bayern Munich game today, and I totally understand that the majority of our listeners, viewers, readers, that you don't watch the Bundesliga, nor do you care about the Bundesliga. Uh, Unfortunately for you, Dean gave me the position of director of sports where I am able to talk about whatever I choose to talk about. So you're just going to have to bear with it from time to time. So I'm watching the Bayern Munich game today. They're playing Union Berlin. It's the first game where Bayern Munich is really being challenged for the first time ever. And I see the starting 11 and Julian Nagelsmann leaves Thomas Muller off the game sheet. And I think a lot of people are expecting that Union Berlin was going to play tight defense. They were going to take away the middle of the field. They were going to need Bayern Munich to be very creative in space and have somebody create the opportunities for them. And he leaves Thomas Muller out. And I don't understand. Now, I get that it's a little bit of load management. Bayern Munich had three games in seven days. They had their Bundesliga game last week where they tied Mönchengladbach 1-1. They just trounced Victoria Cologne on Wednesday as a part of the German Cup, and then they had another league game today. If you want to sit out Thomas Muller, who, by the way, the last time he missed a start for Bayern Munich was February 21st, 2021. So this is how often this guy doesn't play. And 
it just shows you his durability and it shows you his stamina and what he's able to do. Just had to get a little bit brighter in here. And uh, to me, I just sit here and wonder, like, is Julian Nagelsmann that stupid? If you were going to load manage, if you were going to give somebody else an opportunity to play, why would you not do it on Saturday or on Wednesday when they're playing Victoria Cologne? Why are you doing it Saturday when everybody on the planet knows Bayern is being challenged for their first time? Like everybody knew. Everybody knew that the Union Berlin game was going to be their first difficult game. And listen, I haven't liked the Julian Nagelsmann signing since the beginning, so maybe this is just me being bitter. I get it. But come on. You've got one of the best playmakers on your team, and you elect not to play him. And by the time he comes on in the 61st minute, Bayern Munich was gassed. They had like 74% possession, out shooting Union Berlin 15-3 to at that point. They still tie 1-1. And I, I, I don't like what-ifs, but I truly believe if Thomas Muller starts this game, Bayern Munich are winning. This isn't another 1-1 tie. The Toronto FC's game on Sunday night against the Montreal Impact is an absolute must-win. It's do or die. I understand mathematically that's not going to knock them out, but I don't think that matters at this point. There's five games remaining. Fifth place is now out of the equation. Just last week, we were discussing the possibility of fifth place. That's gone. And I really think because there's so many teams ahead of TFC that they have to pick 15 points up their last five games of the year. Now, they're only two points out of that Crucial seventh playoff spot. But again, they've got the New England Revolution in front of them. Of course, Orlando sitting in seventh. I forget the other team ahead of them. But it's absolutely do or die for Toronto FC. And I've said that over and over again. It, it's, you know, it's funny because it's kind of reminding me to my, this whole thing that's upsetting me about Julian Nagelsmann at, at, in the TFC game. Because if TFC were to convert a couple of their draws, you know, eliminate some bad Alex Bono goals against New England Revolution. Toronto FC is defending a playoff spot rather than trying to qualify for one. And anytime Toronto plays Montreal, it's a tough game. The battle of the 401, I think they call it. It's in Montreal. That crowd's going to be raucous. Shout out to Montreal because they're a great soccer city. So, yeah, I think TFC fans need to go into that game and completely know that it's do or die. A loss or a draw does Toronto no good because they need to win out, and that still doesn't guarantee them a playoff spot. They need the teams ahead of them, at least three of them, to lose. You got Inter-Miami, who's in seventh place. Toronto plays Inter-Miami, I think, in th uh, three weeks. If they lose tonight, Inter-Miami Inter wins. That's five points. Like These games start becoming irrelevant. So yeah, mathematically tonight doesn't eliminate TF or Sunday night doesn't eliminate TFC on a loss, but it basically does. Just because there's so many teams in front of them in the East, winning out doesn't guarantee them a playoff spot. Losing pretty much ends their season. And that leaves me a little bit frustrated because of some of the missed opportunities down the stretch. The the inter the uh, Inter Miami game was a missed opportunity. The tie against the Revolution was a missed opportunity. 
I think that the game that they played last Wednesday against LA was a missed opportunity. I didn't like the free kick that, that Alex Bono let in. I did my whole thing. I believe Alex Bono is an issue in Toronto. But yeah, they need to come through. Uh, so listen, the Hockey Canada interim chair, Andrea Skinner, kind of doubled down on their support for Scott Smith, their president and CEO, who oversaw the just terrible handling of the sex scandal at Hockey Canada. And she doubled down at the semifinals against Sweden in a women's tournament and basically said, no, we want to keep them. We want to keep continuity. The entire country is calling for changes at the top levels of Hockey Canada, and they want to keep continuity, which means they believe Scott Smith can make them the most money because Hockey Canada is going to be hurting for money now. They've lost three major corporate sponsors in Scotiabank. They lost Canadian Tire. They lost somebody else who I can't remember at this moment. And I think that if you're Hockey Canada, it's almost like they're a pit bull right now. You've had the Prime Minister, you know, Justin Trudeau, calling out saying that the government and Canadians have lost faith in Hockey Canada. Well, I wrote a piece about it. Dean Blundell put it on Twitter. I put it out on Twitter. Let me tell you the vigorous reaction that I got back. Nobody was supporting Hockey Canada. They have completely lost faith in the Hockey Canada leadership. And yet the board of directors and Andrea Skinner continue to support the leadership and president and CEO when Hockey Canada needs it. Why is Hockey Canada so stupid? Why do they keep backing their leadership? What do they know that we don't? Is there a big financial deal that only Scott Smith can pull in? Because for me, that's the only thing and the only reason that they're going along with this charade that he's not a problem. What more can we say about the ridiculousness of the governing body? What more can we say about their example to hockey players everywhere that basically you can do and say as you please, and we will have your back both financially, uh, morally, and we will try to cover everything up. Overwhelmingly, people have reached out to me since I've started my little crusade against Hockey Canada for the Dean Blundell Network and have all said to me, they are sick of the culture of hockey in this country. And you can defend the young players. You can say it's not the current player's problem or fault. But what happens when we hear about a scandal from the 2022 team, the 2021 team, or the 2020 team? Obviously, there's an issue. Obviously, it continues to happen years apart. We're talking 2003 and 2018. Years apart. There's a culture problem, and it starts with the leadership. And I have no idea why Hockey Canada continues down this route. I think it's ridiculous. You know, when I think of Serena Williams and I think of her ending her career and her GOAT career, by the way, this is what I think of the most. I think of we just had the opportunity to watch a transcending once in a lifetime or once in a generation player compete in a sport that relatively didn't have a huge following and made it popular in the North Americas. And I think a lot like other athletes, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tom Brady, people, maybe not Michael Jordan, but LeBron James and Tom Brady for sure. Serena Williams is in that mix. I think Cristiano Ronaldo 
in a sense, is in this mix. He has his staunch supporters, but he's got his staunch re- retractors too and the Messi fanboys who want to go after him, which, by the way, I'm a big fan of Lionel Messi. I think he's better than Cristiano Ronaldo, but the disrespect that I see on Ronaldo's name kind of falls in this whole category. Now, Serena Williams was never really on the hate train like everybody else, but what I think we saw was Serena leaving the game last night, and I thought about this this morning. I was watching this highlight package from her run and then the, the big goodbye message, and I thought... We probably wasted a lot of opportunity. We could have been watching Serena Williams. We maybe the opportunity to watch it live, the opportunity to watch it on TV, or maybe just not appreciating what we were watching on a year-to-year basis or a week-to-week basis. The same way we didn't appreciate what we saw in no, uh, Djokovic and Nadell and Federer when you had three of the best players, maybe to ever play the game on the male side, playing at the same time. Serena Williams is the goat. And I think a lot of us lost the opportunity to really appreciate what she had. One of those things of like, you know, we appreciate what we have after the fact, right? Once it's gone, we appreciate what we had. Serena Williams dominated the sport, transcended the sport. Serena Williams did things that I think a lot of just athletes in general would be jealous of. Won a major while she was pregnant, came back and played through injuries. Serena Williams has been an a role model for young athletes everywhere. I keep hearing that she's a role model for women and she absolutely should be. If you're going, if you're a female athlete and you are trying to model yourself after somebody, Serena Williams is the type of person with the work ethic and attitude that she brought to the court every time that she played. However, Serena Williams should be a role model for athletes everywhere. Uh, She had a goat career. Uh, Again, transcended the sport. We talk about athletes, who transcend the sport. Tom Brady transcended the sport. LeBron James transcended the sport. You know, Bill Russell transcended the sport. You know, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, and Serena Williams. Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi. All those people are all in the same group for me. They're all people who transcended their game, brought popularity to the sport, and had people continue to play. Good luck on or continuing to watch and support and love. You know, congratulations on your career. Good luck in your retirement, Serena Williams. The sports community is going to miss you. And I'm disappointed that this is probably the, no, this is the first time, at least on this rendition of the podcast of race sports rant that I've ever addressed Serena Williams. All right, let's talk a little bit of gridiron, a little bit of football for people who've been following me a long time. Know that I cut my teeth by starting a podcast called the Deer Pass Nation Podcast, a fan podcast over that team. And I'm going to tell you guys the truth. I really started getting pumped up for football this weekend. I haven't really been focusing on the NFL just because of my other roles and responsibilities within the Dean Blundell network, uh, basically because I need to focus on other things. I you know, cover Toronto FC. I cover the Blue Jays, cover the Buffalo Bills a little bit. I'm starting to cover the Raptors and I'll be doing a little bit of hockey talk. Had to kind of bring it, you know, I'm constantly recruiting content creators. So like I've been focused on every sport that I never really got to sit down and get pumped up for the NFL season like I have as a fan before or really like when I was, you know, hosting Dear Pats Nation, that's when I was in my glory. Like this, the week before the season started, I would be running circles. Labor Day weekend was for me just to, to wear out the floor uh so i'm pumped up and i'm pumped up to watch my new england patriots which i'm a fan of by the way for the people out there calling me a fake patriots fan my office is decked out in patriots gear because i'm a pats fan this would be the perfect time to jump right or the perfect i sat through that covid season with cam newton as a part of dear pats nation don't tell me i'm not a patriots fan 
I just happen to have to cover the Buffalo Bills because of what I do right now. Uh, I'm excited. It's We're starting to get there. I can't wait to see some football again. Uh, actually talk about the sport. Uh, I mean, my biggest focus on football this offseason has been talking about Deshaun Watson and the sex scandals. Uh, then I got to do about Ariza, the punter of the Buffalo Bills. That's sort of been my you know, focus when it comes to football. We're now less than a week away Thursday, the Rams and the bills kick off. I'm going to be interviewing Mario this week to get his take on how the Buffalo bills are going to do this season. I'm totally, totally pumped up for the NFL season, but I'm pumped up to see what my new England Patriots can do. I want bill Belichick to win a super bowl so badly, not so he can stick it to Tom Brady. I'm all over the split. I love Brady. I love Belichick. I love them both the same. If Belichick and the Patriots don't win a super bowl this year, I hope that Brady does it and goes out with eight and actually retires a champion like he deserves. But I want him to win one. I want Belichick to win one so badly so we can stop this whole, you know, Belichick is nothing without Brady because a part of me believes that it was that stupidity that made me so bitter towards Tom Brady. Uh, I'm just done with it. I'm just ready to come on, bring on the NFL season, bring on my New England Patriots. Let's go, boys. Let's go. All right, and that music means that my show is done for the day. This was Ray Sportsman as a part of the Dean Blundell Network over at DeanBlundell.com. Tune in daily for my Ray Sportsman where we cover too many topics too quickly. This ain't no headline news. This ain't no expert. This is just a fan, a sports junkie who spends too much of his time and day reading and watching sports talking to you hope i hope you all enjoyed it make sure you guys uh if you're watching on youtube hit that like button make sure that you uh hit subscribe if you're watching on twitter give me a follow at dpn underscore ray give by the at d blundell net twitter account a follow as well if you're listening to the podcast appreciate the download make sure you give it the five stars make sure you uh keep yourself notified for every time an episode goes live that's it for me i hope that you all have a great day and uh, never forget you're all legit, kid. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.